Hi guys, I'm Olivia. And I'm Jessie. And today we've got a mini-sode. Our mini-sode. very first one. We decided that for our mini-sodes, we're going to be talking about still origins, but the origins of words and phrases that might be uh, unorthodox or different or um, just kind of the strange things that we say every day and maybe don't think about why we yeah. say you know, something a certain way or a weird phrase. Right. Yep. All right. Do you want to go first or should I go first? Sure. Yeah. Um, okay. What's your first one? So I was researching green eggs and ham <laughs> and I, love that. I have a, um, I have a really fun book that I bought in college. Um, I was sort of a language nerd in college. I studied a couple of different languages and I didn't master any of them. I actually learned <laughs> that I'm really bad at languages, but I was very earnest. And so um, what stemmed from that was just kind of a general interest in linguistics. And so this, uh, there was a podcast that I was a really big fan of back when I had to um, like plug my iPod into iTunes if I wanted a new podcast. Oh, man. It was like before smartphones. Those are the days. And, and it was called the World in Words podcast. And it was through um, like an international company or something, mm. but I really loved it. And so they interviewed this author, Elizabeth Little, and she was a linguist nerd too. And so she wrote this book called Biting the Wax Tadpole. And so I went to her book first for research for this to say like, what weird things are in here that maybe I could pull out that are interesting. Um, and I pulled out green eggs and ham and the origin is pretty simple. Um, the term is obviously the title of a Dr. Seuss book. Yes. Right. <laughs> so she talks about it in her modifier section because the Eggs and Ham would be a really boring book, but Green Eggs and Ham is a lot more fun. And the myth about this is actually quite true, which is that Green Eggs and Ham, uh, he wrote the book in 1960 after his editor bet him whether he could write a book with less than 50 words in it. So Green Eggs and Ham actually is a book that doesn't even, it has less than 50 words. Huh. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. Does that even count as a book, I guess, though? Well, it's a or... children's book. Yeah, okay. Right, okay. but so, like, he had written, before that, he had written The Cat in the Hat in mm-hmm. 1957, mm-hmm. three years earlier, and he challenged himself in that book to use only the words that would have been in a first grader's vocabulary book. I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. And so then that was basically, mm-hmm, it was basically taking it one step further. Like, his editor was like, all right, one up yourself, <laughs> try to write a book with less than 50 words, and so he did. He wrote Greenlings and Ham, which is probably his most famous book. Yeah, I, I think mean, there's so. tons of well, besides, I think books. Cat in the Hat's probably. Don't you think the most True, famous? I I mean, I probably read them equally when I was little. Hmm. I also love. I do not um, like them, Sam. I am. Yeah, I mean, that's super famous. Yeah. <laughs> but the Cat in the Hat is like that classic character. I think that, um, like, sure. comparable to Bugs Bunny or Mickey. Probably not as big as Mickey. But maybe not. Everyone's got like thing one, thing two, because those come from that, right? Yeah, yeah, from thing one and thing two. Another origin, thing one and thing two, in case you guys didn't know. In case you didn't know. Um, So yeah, so that's really cute to me. That is uh, cute. I did a little bit of research on like what is the the you know um, behind that terminology, and basically the oldest thing is just that uh, callop was a very old term for ham and eggs, (laughs) but. Because ham and eggs is just classic <laughs> breakfast food. But were there actually green eggs and ham? You know, not really. Yeah. It's pretty well, much a Dr. Seuss to invention. Be cute. Mm-hmm. Huh. Interesting. To add that modifier. All right. Well, I'm going to take a really morbid spin on things. And um, Dr. Seuss. my phrase was bought the farm, which refers to someone dying. So if you've ever heard that. And this was a, a contribution. Someone asked us to look this up. Um, I absolutely <laughs> did not know that. <laughs> what bought the farm meant someone's dying. 
Yeah. It is a, um, someone it refers to someone who's deceased in a military accident or operation. And it's like, if you're like, Oh, well, so-and-so bought the farm. It's like a nice way to say he's dead now. Like that's, you've never heard that said before. I kind of feel like I meant someone bought a bunch of stuff. No. I don't know if I've never thought about that or oh. said it. Well, for those of you that have heard the phrase bought the farm, it, it, it technically does mean someone has died. And where it comes from is it's actually very sad and very true. It comes from the time, um, it's predating World War II actually, but came into common use at the time where large numbers of like training casualties and, and you know, inexperienced pilots and rehearsals in, around um, farming areas before, you know, we had all these big cities mm-hmm. and they would crash into farms. And so the government to um, recoup their, you know, the farm's money, they would buy their farms. They would pay them out. So <laughs> they're like, we're going to buy the farm because... People are dying. <laughs> so it really became almost a euphemism. Yeah. It's like, it's the kind of combined the death piece with it. the purchasing piece. So now mm-hmm. it doesn't really mean so much as, okay, the government has bought your farm. Now it just means someone's dead. <laughs> like, isn't this fun? That Dr. right into death. Yeah. Yeah. There's another smaller theory that it could be like military men coming back from war and they're like, okay, now I'm going to buy a farm, but that doesn't relate to like dying. Like it, it is a, yeah, yeah, that doesn't make any sense, right? Death phrase. Yeah. So kind of a literal one. Huh? Yeah. Yeah. I like it. Having your farm bought by the government (laughs) because a plane crashed into your, your cow shed and killed, um, yeah, your uncle Billy or something. No. (laughs) All right, bring us up. What's what's your next one? All right, my next one's not bringing us super far up because <laughs> it is also a request, and it's does a bear shit in the woods? <laughs> I forgot this. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm here to tell you that there is very little research, oh, shockingly, no. that has been done, and I could not find a true origin to the term to the phrase "does a bear shit in the woods." <laughs> Uh, I was using Urban Dictionary a little bit for some just general information to see. It's a valid source. You know how they have like very different definitions that get upvoted or whatever. Um, and basically, <clears throat> the most distinct definition from that website was a sarcastic way of saying hell yes. <laughs> right. Yes. You're asking. You're asking a question so obvious that the, you know that the answer implication. Is that you asked a question that is so stupid that they're going to ask a stupid question right back to you. So um, it said also, um, see also, is the Pope a Catholic, which is... um, Wait, what did you just say? Is the Pope a Catholic? Oh, okay. I thought you said... Of course. Oh, okay. Right. Okay. I've never heard that one, but I thought you were about to relate that the Pope had said... Oh, no, no. It's like a, it's like a thing. That it's like a, it's the same type of question, like a rhetorical question. Oh, okay. Okay. I've never heard that one, though. Asking. I have heard, does a bear really? shit in the woods from, yeah. Well, I tried going to Reddit because Reddit, like when you, when you do some Googling, like Reddit is one of the sites that mm-hmm. came up where someone was discussing this phrase um, and someone basically posted on there, hey, does anyone have any fun phrases mm-hmm. like this one that I can have in my arsenal? <clears throat> What? And basically, you know, it's just like An if arsenal. someone asks a dumb question, you okay. have like a snappy response or something. Okay. And it devolved into this comment torrent of 
combinations of this phrase and is the Pope Catholic. Like it was literally like, is the bear a Catholic? Is the Pope <laughs> shitting in the woods? Like is the all Pope right. a bear? I'm going to start using that. It now. was all. <laughs> is the bear Catholic? It was just like all the, and I was like the great, the great thanks Reddit. This is not helpful. Uh. Cool. Um, but one thing that did uh, pop up in uh, my research that I um, thought was interesting is that when it kind of was made famous, was actually by an episode of Friends where uh, in season seven, episode eight, Ross said, asks Joey, are you hungry? And Joey says, does the bear shit in the woods? What? So That's interesting. So I don't, I mean. Maybe that's the origin. It's probably not the origin, but like oh, maybe when it became well, more, mm-hmm. I don't know, part of the yeah. culture just because a show like Friends was obviously in its height those mm-hmm. last few seasons and. So it came into popular use, and I don't know the first person to come up with that snappy remark, but um, if anyone else knows yeah. or has information, the that would be that would be great. Response. But basically, that's what it means if you have never been told that. Well, I am just flabbergasted that you don't know the origin, um, or that we don't know the origin to that, and that is my word, is flabbergasted, which I actually use a lot. I don't know if you've ever actually said that or I'm just flabbergasted. I don't like, think I have, but it's a good word. I love it. And I, I wanted to do bamboozled and I might do that next time, mm-hmm. but um, also I was told that that one wasn't as common as flabbergasted. I don't Maybe know because I'm going right back to friends because he right, makes that game. The um, I've never actually seen friends, so. Oh my gosh. Well, I'm basically there's an this episode where he makes a game called bamboozled. Oh, okay. Well, okay. I'll definitely do bamboozled next time. But flabbergasted, I love because this is such a great example of um, the English language evolving in a really mm-hmm. fun way. Because this actually came from um, an article on like new words in the annual register, which was in 1772. That's awesome. Um, it's so old. I know. Uh, the writer, I was writing about an article and he said, now we are flabbergasted and bored from morning to night. And, you know, we know we know what bored means. But flabbergasted, they were um, combining a flapper that was aghast. Like, even though that predates flappers, but it was like it was like a person and who was like aghast. So they it was like a flapper aghast, flabbergasted. So it, it oh, is cool. actually two words that were brought together, and I love that. I think that is a really to great, a new clear-cut origin. word that makes sense. <laughs> yes. Um, so to be flabbergasted, as you were saying, I'm a flapper that is aghast at this. So. And flabbergasted and aghast yes. are yes, not I know. Un- I love it. Unsimilar. Um, so now everyone can use that, and then you can toss it out at parties, and then immediately go into the origin. <laughs> the definition. Did you know that? People will think you're smart. 1772. Is that when Columbus sailed the ocean blue as well? That was 1492. <laughs> cut that out. You're off Johnny, by a cut couple that out. of hundred years. Oh my God. This is, I'm so bad. No, I knew that. That is so funny. Wait. Yeah. Because sure obviously 1772 was, there was America. Already, yeah. Yeah. We were working on the Continental Congress and stuff like that. <laughs> I'm very off of my origins here. The revolution is happening. <laughs> I just really wanted to rhyme. So 14. 1492. 92 was when Columbus sailed. The ocean blue. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Save me <laughs> with your next origin. Okay. Um, my next origin. Did I go first? Yes, you okay. did. So okay. I should so go. So this left. is my, okay. Yeah. Um, I've got one more origin. And this one, I think we've both saved our favorites for last. Yes. Um, so I, when I was doing some research on these other two, I happened upon just some interesting, like if you start looking up 
phrases and origins of phrases, um, there are some good ones that I didn't necessarily know ahead of time. And this was one of them where I kind of stumbled upon it. And I was mm-hmm. like, ooh, this is actually quite interesting. And that is uh, when it rains, it pours. It's a good one. And I have used it. Mm-hmm. I think you were telling me. Mm-hmm. Continue. So um, give me an example of when you would say that. Um, your dog dies and then your house explodes. That was so really bad. You're like, well, when it rains, it pours. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that's going to be really true. Um, so I'm about to blow your mind a little bit. Um, when it rains, it pours is did not mean that originally. Um, it is a marketing phrase. Marketing? Um, for Morton Salt. What? Which is the salt company that we all use of the girl with a little umbrella on the salt yeah. box. Mm-hmm. Um, and here is why. So the um, it does mean kind of when everything seems to be going wrong in your life. Um, and they kind of worded this, this article I was reading worded it really nicely where they were like, you, you kind of just, it allows you to say something to a person <laughs> when you don't really have anything yeah, else. Well, You're like, well, I mean. Sorry. You know, when it um, rains, it pours. Like. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> But the actual old proverb is, it never rains, but it pours. Like, that's, like, it doesn't, like, when stuff's going wrong, it's going, it's way wrong. Mm -hmm. Never rains, but it pours. Mm -hmm. When it rains, it pours is, it always kind of bothered me. It's not quite as, like, no, sometimes it just rains. Yeah. Like, it's not always. It's not correct. Yeah. Yeah. So I was really excited to learn that this is just, like, a made-up marketing thing. Okay. In uh, the early 1900s, it was when marketing was like sort of first really becoming a thing where people realized that you could sell them on a product like deodorant and Mm -hmm. toothpaste if you started telling people that they were smelly (laughs) and that their teeth were bad. Um, So they had a new product that they had developed, which was free-flowing table salt. Because before then, um, the salt would clump if the weather was not agreeable. So your table salt would be clumpy. What? So you might see where I'm, you might surmise yeah. where I'm going with this. Uh, so yeah, they had this free flowing table salt. Um, they had added, um, ooh my, uh, magnesium carbonate in 1911 and that made it uh, not clump in the rain. And they also put a patent on their cylindrical blue tube with the handy pouring spout at the same time so that they could, you could like buy table salt uh-huh. with a pourer and it would pour out no matter if the weather was good or bad. So they had to come up with a thing for this. Oh, right? oh my God. You see, no one at home is seeing my face right now. But I'm like, oh my God. What? <laughs> yeah, it's so cool. And so their first pitch, which was not great, marketing people of 1911. Uh, was even in rainy weather, it flows freely, <laughs> which uh. got rejected. Um, and then they decided to consider that old proverb, it never rains, but it pours, because it kind of had to do with raining it, it, yeah. and pouring. Mm-hmm. Um, but that they thought that that seemed a little too negative, even though it made some sense. But it was like, then they didn't really want to go with a slogan that was actually quite negative, it doesn't rain, but it pours. Mm-hmm. So they literally changed it, kind of like a um, Goldilocks situation, where they're wow. just going to go right in the middle and say, when it rains, it pours. It's literally about salt. I when like, the, my mind is so blown right When now. it rains, the salt will pour. 
What? Dun, dun. I that is just the craziest thing I have like heard today. I was super excited to read this, <laughs> um, and it made a lot of sense because I think that a lot of times when people are saying that to you, they mean it never rains but it pours, but mm-hmm. it's just kind of become more pop, more common in the um, zeitgeist, I guess, to say when okay. it rains it pours, right? And that's actually marketing. <sighs> and um, there's some really cute pictures of the little girl because. She's been around forever, too, since they mm-hmm. launched that whole thing with her little umbrella. That's why she has yeah. the umbrella. It makes a lot of sense. It does right. make sense. So that's like two things in one. It's like uh-huh. the origins of the umbrella. It's like uh-huh. when it rains, your salt's still going to be great. And that. also like origins, non-clumping salt. I had no idea that clumping salt was even an mm-hmm. issue. Like, God, I'm just so... 2017, we are spoiled, guys. We are. You don't know of a time... Clumpy, clumpy when salt. When salt, you couldn't get it. Yes. But I'm going to... Um, I'm going to put a link... For our blog post on this, okay. for our website, um, with some of the to the a link to the slideshow because it has the cute little. She hasn't uh, changed in like forty years, but before that, she had a couple of different huh. um, re- uh, versions of herself. She's very cute, but that is crazy. Yeah, mm-hmm. oh, I'm taking when that fact with me. Take that fact to parties. It's so literal. It is. I love the literal ones. Mm-hmm. It's like that makes sense. All right. I have a quit. Okay, actually, let me start with my mine. Is let me get my ducks in a row before I. Do this or that. Exactly. Um, I use this phrase with my clients all the time because I'm like, we need to get our ducks in a row before we can do this or that. Um, but it doesn't really make sense because... Why would you have ducks and why would they be, need to be in a row? And- right. I mean, it, ducklings are in a row. So a lot of people are saying, well, it kind of makes sense because you have to have your little ducklings. But how does that relate to being orderly or in an orderly fashion? And people don't or- really raise ducks, though, do they? I, yeah. How would you? How- I, I, why would you be doing that? Yeah. Why would? Is it some guy sitting on a park bench that was like, oh, those ducks are in a row. That seems organized. I'll get my ducks. <laughs> I'll do the same thing. Uh, that's not the origin. Um, I have a quiz. For you actually go for um, it. i'm gonna give you five <laughs> origins of this and you can tell me which one you think is the correct one did you make some of these up i'm not telling <laughs> <laughs> okay okay a was it based off of a game of pool in which a ball in front of a pocket an easy shot is sometimes called a duck so when you have a row of balls ready to be put in there you call it having one's ducks all in a row okay is it b is it deriving from duck pins, a type of lawn bowling popular in Europe and America in the 1700s? Okay. So two game references. Mm-hmm. Is it C, first said in Stephen King's novel The Stand, published in 1978, where King used the phrase, line up one's ducks? I've read that. <laughs> You've read okay. that recently, kind of, right? In the last couple of years. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, is it... What am I? A, B, C, D. D, ducks as in a cargo bin. Um, you know, on like docks, mm-hmm. those are called ducks apparently, the big giant cargo bin thing. So to line them up would be getting your ducks in a row. Okay. Or is it E, actually baby ducklings following their mother? Or is it F, all of the above? Do you want to cancel any out or what do you think? Those are pretty all over the map. I think <clears throat> that the one about ducks in a row, the shipping one, sounds kind of like you're making a stretch. What? Ducks in a row. Yeah. Me? Yeah. So I'm going to rule that one out. I don't think it's ducks in a row that are literal because I think that doesn't make any sense. I mm-hmm. definitely team the first two. I think that sports references are really yeah um, resilient in culture. So I'm probably going to say 
um, one of the first two. Do you want me to actually pick one? <laughs> you have to pick one. Oh, uh, I'll. I'm gonna go with the the 1700s lawn game. Okay, you're kind of right. Um, so actually, there's only three of them that were noted. So the awesome. car, the cargo one is actually the most the one that they think is the okay. So let me start over. Really. Yes. So people don't actually know where this phrase came from because it comes from so many different sources. There are a lot of things called ducks out there. So they've just almost like they've bastardized it over the yeah. years where it's sort of an mm-hmm. when it rains, it pours situation. <laughs> yes. <laughs> You're like, what is that? Wait, why? Yes. But it is noted um, to put one's ducks in a row when it relates to the cargo because that's what you say. It's a, hey, put those ducks in a row. I mean, that's that, so that is literally a phrase. I just yeah. feel like if I was a shipping person, I would never say that. <laughs> I guess it makes sense if you're a shipping person to relate a duck to something because it's water, right? Maybe, maybe. The other one, um, the duck pins in the game of pool, you're right, the sports references, they just, I don't know why people name things ducks all of the time, but mm-hmm. those That's two are weird. very strong. And then the stand isn't an origin, but it, I threw it in there because it's, it's the first time it was put in literature. Like That's cool. written down in actual literature. And then the baby ducklings are totally not. And remind correct. me what the term was in the stand. King says, I don't know who King is, so I'm just saying that. King used the phrase, line up one's ducks. Well, King is Stephen King. Oh, I thought it was a character in the, oh. Uh, I was imagining some guy named King and he's no. like leaning up against something. He's like, man, we gotta, we gotta line up one's ducks. I, mean, I, just, I honestly don't know about the stand. You should write but... to him and just say, this should be added. <laughs> Uh, uh, well, he character. did write. No, yeah. I got you. No, that's almost like. But a, it was he wrote it in the book, so I'm no, assuming I got, someone says it. So, yeah, right. Uh, I don't remember that being said. I mean, it's a really long. It's book. a big book. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. That's so cool. it's mostly it's cargo and sports. I'm gonna go with cargo for me because mm-hmm. I'm not a sports person, so I don't want to pretend that I'm using a sports metaphor all the time. But I love it. It's like a cute way to say like, let me get my thoughts in order. Or, yeah, yeah. Let me get you know point a to point b mm-hmm. but a cuter well, way those were fun that was our first mini so our first mini thanks for checking in if anybody has any suggestions of phrases or fun words we will look them up for we you will look them up and we will do them next time yes <laughs> thanks for listening guys thanks for listening This podcast was produced by Johnny Stubbs in Atlanta, Georgia. Visit us online at theoriginsofpodcast.com or to help us support this podcast, visit our Patreon page at patreon.com slash theoriginsofpodcast.